So SCOTUS once again leaves us high and dry. All the protesters out there at the Supreme Court. And uh, no decision on Roe v. Wade. No decision on Buren. Or is it Bruin? Uh, That's the New York uh, gun case, which is also a pretty fascinating one. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. So good uh, to be with you. John Bachman joins us right now. You catch him on Newsmax from noon uh, to two. He does a whole bunch of things uh, over there. Host of John Bachman now. And and, uh, before we get into uh, just getting hosed on this uh, Roe decision and, and, you know, will it be overturned and why is the court taking so long on it? you guys have had uh, quite a bit of change. First, uh, the bringing in of, of Greta and the uh, and the whole lineup change. And then you guys took a look at the New York governor's race where Andrew Giuliani wasn't being allowed to be a part of the debate because he's not vaccinated or wouldn't show proof of vaccination. And you're like, yeah, we'll do this. And you guys are hosting the New York gubern- Republican gubernatorial debate. Talk to me quickly about what's going on over there. Hey, Tony, great to talk to you and a uh, pleasure to be with you back and uh, great to talk to all the good people of Indianapolis again. Yeah, uh, good things are happening at Newsmax. Greta's joined the team there. You can catch her each weeknight at 6 p.m. We've also moved things around in our primetime lineup. Rob Schmidt's right behind her. Eric Bowling at 8 p.m., who is the uh, moderator of tonight's New York gubernatorial debate. And yes, we believe that all of the candidates should get a voice in this debate, regardless of their vaccination status. What a amazing idea right a stunning personally myself very very stunned <laughs> and by brave. the way uh, rob schmidt carmel indiana just north of indianapolis uh that's where he's from um the the supreme court not moving forward on uh right now on this uh possibility this leak are they going to overturn roe v wade or or not is are, are they delaying this a decision for what you can think of as a specific reason or is it as some have uh discussed this is chief justice roberts or somebody else still trying to turn some arms and maybe not get this thing overturned i think there's a lot of speculation about that i don't know if it's well founded or not i mean i'm i personally have been more concerned tony with the lack of developments on who the leaker is considering how charged that has made this situation i will say this about john roberts one thing that we've seen from him in the past is that he is very conscious of the way things look and the way these rulings look and so you know i don't know if 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 he's trying to change opinions. There's been some talk about this compromise third way that would be a super tailored ruling that wouldn't completely overturn Roe v. Wade. Who knows about that? Um, I, you know, I have uh, uh, <clears throat> asked several, excuse me, of our legal experts about what they think timing-wise in this, and they think it makes sense that they would say these two kind of landmark rulings for the very end, um, you know, because you know, this way, at least you can kind of get some focus on these other rulings. This ruling out of Maine today, I think, is a big win um, for religious freedom. And I think, um, you know, looking ahead, what what this could mean for the other rulings, who knows? Um, but we do see this conservative majority kind of flexing their muscles here. Um, and I don't know what John Roberts would be able to do. I would say this, too. I think a lot of people will interpret that as another setback for the Supreme Court if John Roberts does somehow manage to alter this uh, preliminary draft ruling that we've already seen from Justice Alito, then people, I think a lot of conservatives especially, will believe that the court is compromised and weakened. And I I worry about that because that will just open the door for more of this conversation and give, I think, some life 
to the Democrats' ultimate push, which is to ultimately remake the Supreme Court, uh, put in these term limits, pack the court, however you like, Tony. But they know the way things stand right now, they don't have the numbers on the Supreme Court for the policies that they like. Talking to John Bachman of Newsmax. John Bachman now from noon to 2 Eastern time. Uh, it, it, the, the decision uh, from Maine has to do with the fact that they they stated that you can have uh, money go for this kind of private uh, school, but not for a religious private school. And the court said, no, not not uh, necessarily. You, you, you have to, if you're going to offer the stuff up, you got you to gotta offer it up basically all the way uh, around. It's a case we're going to be digging into for sure um but what the the conversation about the court has led to certainly conversations you heard uh uh Mondaire jones uh, a democrat out of new york we're gonna pack the court you 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 alluded to that in in your conversation um the 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 sources that you speak to um have they found whether or not any of that is really effective in trying to get people to their cause? We, we take a look at the, 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 the polling and we see uh, Joe Biden tremendously underwater. You've seen him in the, in the 30s right now. I think, according to Rasmussen, he's at 41 uh, percent approval. You see people worried uh, about inflation over everything else, not worried about January 6th, uh, for example, even though this committee keeps trying to move uh, forward. It, it seems that the Democratic Party is very desperate to continue to push uh, their agenda, and America is very focused on their lives. Uh, do you see, do you see a change from Democrats going forward in how they start connecting with the American people, or are they? Is this a too far gone? This is the bed they've made; they got to lay down. I think it, it may be more of the latter, Tony. I think you know any Democrat that you see that's running in a contested district. Um, is having to have this conversation about what reality actually represents to their constituents. Uh, but the other folks, the way some of these districts are drawn, they have no concern about that. And, you know, Mandar Jones, the guy you mentioned right there, Jamal uh, Bowman in New York, and some of these other radical progressives, AOC, you know, their goal is pushing the Democratic Party even further to the left. You know, uh, that's where the energy is within the Democratic Party. You see Joe Biden. He's unwilling to back off of his Green New Deal. If that tells you anything about where the energy and the momentum for the party is. Um, but, you know, I do think they're running up in, into this buzzsaw that is reality for the average American right now. And I think part of their their Democrats, uh, what they wanted to do before was prove to their base that that they could not win, that they cannot get things through the Supreme Court in its current fashion um, that they have to pack the court in order to push any these policies forward, that the whole system, not just the elections, but the whole thing is rigged against their agenda. But as, as these kitchen table issues like inflation and gas prices, as they settle in, that really becomes what people are going to vote on. And so what, what, what everyone's anticipating, what everyone's predicting is a major pushback against these Democratic policies uh, come November and the only question is, is how bad are Democrats going to lose? And I think what we'll see is the, the Democrats that are able to moderate the message and come back to where the American public is, you know, they might have some pickup. But what does that mean for the overall direction of the Democratic Party? I think they've got themselves really kind of split into very difficult directions to go in and, and, and try to remain and maintain unity at the same time. The Democrats, I don't disagree, have a tremendous amount of split between actual Democrats and the progressive wing of the party that has taken uh, so much hold and so much control of it. On the Republican side, 
Newsmax has Donald Trump on uh, yesterday with Eric Bowling. Dignity. Oh, hold on a second. I didn't. I didn't want to get that playing uh, too quick. <laughs> Shame on me. I, I jumped the gun. And President Trump says this to Eric Bowling. Can I ask you about Ron DeSantis? I mean, it, it, it seems like Governor DeSantis wants to run. Um, you were very instrumental in, in getting him elected governor of Florida. Um, you know, and you're all about loyalty. What are your thoughts on DeSantis running? Well, I don't know that he wants to run. No, I have a good relationship with Ron. I don't know that he wants to run. I haven't seen that. You're telling me something that I have not seen. So we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, if he did, he did. But no, I was very responsible for him getting elected, as you know. So if we're going to talk about things fracturing, here's President Trump <laughs> taking the guy who is clearly ahead of the entire pack in Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, your governor, as you're based down there in, in Florida, taking credit for it, trying to dismiss it a little bit. It was all me. Is this going to fracture the Republican Party, or is the party, in your view, as you see it, willing to move on from President Trump for a DeSantis or an Abbott or a Mike Pompeo or anybody else? Well, I think there's a big distinction and difference between some of those names you just mentioned and Ron DeSantis. I mean, find a, find a major policy difference between where Ron DeSantis is on something and Donald Trump is on something. Can you? I'll wait. There isn't one. So, I mean, when you're talking about distinctions between these guys, you're talking about personality differences. And again, that's not all that different. DeSantis is the fighter. Trump is the fighter. I will say this based on what President Trump said in that interview with Eric Bowling. And, and this comes from a Floridian who remembers watching the whole thing unfold. You know, there was a guy named Adam Putman who was supposed to be the heir apparent to Rick Scott. And it didn't work out like that. And it did not work out like that because this was at a time when people were still like, is Donald Trump our guy? I mean, we're going back a ways here. But. What Ron DeSantis did, his first television commercial, or one of his first television commercials, was a commercial with him and his kids with blocks, and they were building a wall. And that was just right off of the, the Trump popularity. And, you know, there's video evidence of that, Tony. So when Donald Trump says, I got Ron DeSantis elected, those are the types of things he's referring to. And those are, I mean, DeSantis is very aware of this fact. I don't think he, he wants this fight. Um, I don't think either one of them want this fight. And this is what I think Republicans would call a good problem to have when you're talking about two real viable competitors for the nomination. It's the opposite problem what Democrats have. They they don't have anybody who looks like a viable alternative uh, to Joe Biden right now. Um, so you're left with uh, Joe Biden. In your view, is the Republican Party still aggressively viewing Donald Trump as as a contender, somebody that the party and Toto would would vote for is is that what what your people your 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 sources are seeing? <laughs> My people, I mean, I, I don't you know. know. You I, got I people. Look, well, I've got <laughs> producer say- Ari. You've got an entire uh, television network. So yes, you've got people compared to me. <laughs> well, I would tell you the people that I talk to who are close to Donald Trump are all very enthusiastic about the prospects of him running again. These course of people that work for him right now. Um, that are around him a lot. Um, and I know that that's very much what Donald Trump wants to do. He said everything but the fact that he has every intention of running in 2024. And the only thing keeping him from saying that, I think, is the legal um, consequences that come with officially announcing that you're running for president. Um, so, I, you know, I think, yes, it, you, you and I remember, Tony, if, if, if folks can just go back to last month's issue of Newsmax magazine, the June issue, um, you know, I wrote an article about this going around to these Trump rallies. And you, I, I, even though Ron DeSantis is enormously popular with Republicans, you, it'd be hard for him 
it would be hard for me and I think a lot of people to imagine him drawing tens of thousands of people um, to a fairground someplace outside of a major metropolitan area, which Donald Trump is able to do consistently. So um, it would, would Ron DeSantis check off a lot of boxes for Trump voters? Absolutely. Do people like the fact that he is much younger uh, than Donald Trump and that creates a contrast? Absolutely. But I don't think anybody is abandoning or too many people, I should say, are abandoning Donald Trump for Ron DeSantis for a run that has not, where neither one of these guys have announced they're, they're going to run. This right now, I think, just amounts to a, a fun discussion. And it's like, you know, who do you want to play center field? Uh, you know, Mickey Mantle or Willie Mays? It's that type of Battle of the Titans type questions. And I think any Republican right now who's fretting over who's it going to be, um, you know, is maybe overthinking this too much. Possibly, but I, I would state, uh, just as an observer, that I don't think the amount of people you bring to a rally is the decision maker here because you might not campaign that way. That's a Trump way of campaigning. It doesn't mean it's the only way of campaigning. So I would oh, no, never, I, ever it's, it's, it's use that point, as a comparison. Me, just, I would use that as a comparison. About it, a gauge of enthusiasm for a candidacy. You know, that, that it, 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 it's, there's different ways to campaign. Um, and Ron DeSantis definitely has a lot of enthusiasm by him. But I'm just talking about a mass of support, the, the the breadth and the depth of support uh, that Donald Trump has been able to amass and the um, steps he's been able to take to kind of cordon off and protect his, um, his potential presidential run. That right there is John Bachman. Catch him from noon to two on Newsmax, Newsmax.com. You can also uh, get the app. It's free and you can watch things there. But you have to watch him with the sound off because you're listening to me on radio. That's just the way it works. It's science. <laughs> John Madman Bachman is his name. Newsmax at Newsmax.com. John, I appreciate it. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz.